Oh, yes. We are back. It's Wednesday. It's July 8th. July 8th. Yeah. 2020. Hit it. Look, it's been a while. We're a little a little uh, rusty, but we are back. It's Backdoor Cover. I'm Micah. That's Brad. What's good? Well, hello, Micah. How you doing, buddy? Oh, man. I am on top of the world right now. Very excited about this episode of Backdoor Cover. I think it might be the best one we've ever done. Oh, wow. That got a lot you're to calling talk your about. Shot, got, huh? got a lot of takes, got a lot of uh, exciting things to discuss, and uh, I'm pumped. So you know what I'm I'm really pumped about? Let's go straight to the hotline, Brad. 800-392-6344. 800-392-6344. We have a hotline call here. Man. Uh, Coming out hot, buddy. Up and, yeah, let's go straight to the hotline. 800-392-6344. Call and give us a take uh, or you know, tell us what you want to discuss. Ask us a question. Anything you want. I, go ahead I will say call, we had maybe three or four hang-ups. If you get scared, just call back, you know? Don't, don't, That's don't right. cry. You're going to be all right. All right, here we go. Hey, this is that fake Johnny Manziel here. Someone paid me 150 pesos on Cameo to leave a message, so I just uh, wanted to read this message here. Uh, Micah, I've been told you're a cuck, Fact. and to say fuck you guys. That is all. Ooh, Johnny Manziel finally calling in. Well, it's good to hear from fake Johnny. Uh, thank you for calling the hotline. A couple things we'll start with. One, congratulations to our co-host of Titan High, El Gars. Did we discuss this last time? What did he, he win uh, at now? Well, he he joined uh, Houston Street, mm-hmm. noted a uh, big league closer, as the only athlete in the history of Westlake High School to be first team all Westlake football and baseball. Did you know that Gars hit 570 as a senior? He's a Christ. beast. Uh, yeah. yeah, El Gars is one of a kind. You know, speaking of Elgar's, his teammate on the uh, the Air Hogs minor league team that played in Grand Prairie, Texas, mm-hmm. was Pat Mahomes Sr. His son, Pat Mahomes Jr., got paid this week. But before we get to that, I do want to talk about Johnny calling into our hotline, 800-392-6344. Uh, I, I appreciate it. Uh, sports related, so we'll start with that. If you want to listen to more about the reason I believe this call came is because on Mind of Micah, Last week, I was joined by Jared Borslow to play the Cameo game, one of our favorite uh, games on uh, Mind of Micah, where I name a bunch of celebrities, and Jared guesses how much they cost to get a personalized message on Cameo. Uh, Johnny has now joined Cameo. He costs... Do you, do you want to guess how much a personalized message from Johnny Manziel is? The real Johnny? I thought it was 150 bucks. It is 100 That's why he said 150 correct. pesos, because we talked about this on the last episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. so there you go. That's Mind of Micah. And then this week on Mind of Micah, I actually, I'm doing something I've never done before. It's, uh, have you heard of Quibi? Mm-mm. Okay, Quibi is uh, this new streaming platform, but it's only on your phone. I, I think they're now making it available on your TV screen. Streaming audio tremi- or streaming video or what? Video. Okay. Video, yeah. It's been a tremendous failure so far. And uh, it was started by uh, these huge... Uh, a huge Hollywood power player and a huge uh, Silicon Valley power player, and things are not going well for them. And it is a tremendous story about failure, and it's so long that I did a four-part breakdown on it. Okay. So all week, if you go to Mind of Micah, you can listen to 
why no one's paying attention to Quibi. It, and, is it uh, Quimby? I find it delicious. No, no, Quibi. Oh, okay. It's short for Quick Bites. But Quick Bites has two syllables, and Quibi has two syllables, so it's really, it's a too, stupid name. You can start right there. What a dumb name Quibi is. Do you know what a Quimby is? I, I, I'm familiar, yeah. Do you want to tell the audience? Well, I, I don't know if I remember correctly. Isn't it uh, a person who farts in the bathtub and smells their own farts? I, I, that's, I don't know if that's true, but I, I would believe I was it. really hoping that was the name of their streaming uh, video service. Quimby would be a good one. That's, that's marketable. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about someone who's actually marketable. Patrick Mahomes, Ooh. the face of the NFL, certainly the face of the Kansas City Chiefs, and uh, contractually the face of the Kansas City Chiefs for the next 12 years. He signed a 10-year deal, which essentially is a 12-year deal because he has two years remaining on his current contract. Uh, the big number is over a half billion dollars on average. This thing, you know, with... The no, the big number that you want to hear that his agent Lee Steinberg wants the world to hear is half billion dollars, five hundred and two billion uh, million dollars uh, over ten years, which sounds pretty awesome. Uh, in reality, we don't know exactly what's in this contract, but what we do know about the contract at this point is that there are no outs. He can't take like an option like uh, most of the NBA players are on. You know, like. Uh, LeBron and Kevin Durant were essentially playing on one-year contracts, mm -hmm. even though they were on four-year contracts because they had option years out, option outs. Uh, he doesn't have that. His contract is not, uh, d despite what was reported for a little while by Adam Schechter and then Schechter and then uh, um, then fixed. There is no tie to a percentage salary cap. That isn't the case. And uh, his for his guaranteed money over, or actually his total money over the next three seasons is less than Teddy what Teddy Bridgewater is making. It's less than what Ryan Tannehill But that's is because his original contract is in place until 2022, right? So he's still on his rookie contract. That's correct. Yeah. Um, and so two years left on the rookie contract plus 40 million in his third year. Uh, the total thing is like four uh, is like 62 million over 3 years, which is less than Teddy Bridgewater and less uh, than Ryan Tannehill. So you know, there's the argument that I'm trying to help the team. I think if we look at this contract from a couple perspectives, uh, if you look at it from the Chiefs, it seems like a slam dunk, assuming we're going to have football this year, we're going to have football, the NFL is going to continue to be the NFL. Uh, you've got this guy who is, I would say, the best player in football. He proved it in the playoffs. He proved it in the regular season. Uh, he's only been a starter for two seasons. He's already the best player. You've got him locked down for 10 additional years, which basically, essentially is his lifetime NFL contract. He'll be 36 um, when it ends. Right. You don't have to worry about him leaving in free agency. You, you've got him contractually locked down. Now, that doesn't mean you can't tear the contract up and, and do other things, uh, but you have complete control over Patrick Mahomes, the best player in football for the next 10 years. That is a big, big, big win. Now, granted, the, the money is big. Uh, there's a school of thought that you can't overpay great players, though. You can overplay. You get in trouble when you overpay average players or better than average players. But when you can get the best player in football, you just pay him. That's that's uh, a thing I heard Mike Lombardi say this week, right. and I thought was pretty smart. Well, and then there's not uh, as no. much risk for the for the team itself, right? Because if he's not performing up to the standard, they can just cut him, right, and not have to pay him. So, like, that's should right. he get injured or something happen? Like, they're they're like, okay, whatever. Your ten the your ten year contract is, not, is now two years. You're cut. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. We don't know the specifics, but they have much more flexibility than Patrick Mahomes has. At no point can Pat, Pat, Pat Mahomes just say, I opt out, I want to be a free agent. He can't do that. But the, the Chiefs can at any point just cut him. Now, I'm sure there's penalties involved there and guaranteed money and things of that nature. But just the fact of the matter, they now have control, contractual control of the best player. What was that? Autoplay. I, so I'm on an article that says Patrick Mahomes is prohibited from doing these activities after signing a new contract. And it just Ooh, I want to hear that. started autoplaying on me. Uh, oh, I hate that. Yeah. But the bottom line is they, they now have Pat Mahomes contractually locked down for the next, I think it's 12 years. Now that is, that is a, that's worth buying uh, Dom, uh, Dom Perry on. Oh yeah. Which apparently, I don't know if you heard what happened. This story was broken, not by Adam Schefter uh, or Woj, who doesn't really break NFL stories or anyone else, uh, but a clerk at a liquor store because they found a chief's, a chief's employee came in and bought six bottles <laughs> of Dom. Interesting. Which is funny. Um, before we get to Mahomes and the things he can and can't do, uh-huh. the other, the biggest loser here is the Dallas Cowboys, uh, who in organizations that's run by total bozos, uh, who we've been saying for months need to sign Dak before Mahomes signs, sign Dak before Watson signs. So Sean Watson will probably get done in the next couple of weeks as well. Dak Prescott's price just went way up. Uh, so shouts to Dak, who I'm sure will get paid eventually, but. Um, it's also interesting if you look at it from Mahomes' standpoint. Uh, in addition to a list of things he can't do, which maybe we should get to in a sec. Yeah, he also he can opt out. He can never be a free agent within that twelve years unless unless he gets so cut. Basically, I'm about which to isn't uh, contradict you here, but that's okay. And at some point, if if he stays on that original contract for twelve years, he will be under uh, if not underpaid, he will not be the highest paid player in football over the next 12 years if we're assuming that football if the trend continues yeah yes now if the one thing that i've heard a lot of people not talk about in fact i haven't heard anyone talk about is what happens if football is canceled this year or what happens if they play uh or if the economy goes we continue into a recession or a depression or whatever i've been wondering this on multiple levels because i was thinking about this with baseball too if it's canceled do they lose that year of, of contract or is it just extended an extra year or how does that work? What I've heard about NFL is that if they kick off that first Sunday, the contracts are guaranteed throughout the season. Ooh. So if, if half the league gets coronavirus in week two and they have to shut the league down, the players will still get paid. Okay. Um, so that's, that's something. So this article um, for uh, Mahomes, what he can and can't do with this contract, yeah. it's a little bit clickbait. It's really just a quote from him, but there is some interesting information afterwards about opt-out clauses and sort of st- stuff like that. So here goes uh, from Mahomes. I still don't think I'm allowed to play baseball. Or, I'm sorry, I'm not allowed to play basketball. I'm sure baseball is not going to be allowed as well. I know there's a lot of them. They have like everything from jet skiing to I don't know what all the, all the things are. I read a lot of them. It's pretty much every physical activity you could possibly do. I'll probably be sticking to football and video games for now, Mahomes said. So the interesting thing after that, which it, that's not very interesting, that's pretty much what you would expect. So Mahomes and the Chiefs, Chiefs agreed to a contract Monday. The quarterback gets $477 million in guaranteed mechanisms and the ability to opt out at several points in the deal, or yeah, in the deal if his mechanisms aren't exercised. 
his agency Steinbe- Steinberg Sports announced. He also has a no trade clause. So there are some opt-outs. So he can opt out if they decide not to pay him. So it, it's, you know, of course the agent is going to say, oh, he he made all this money and he can leave whenever he wants. Well, so this is really interesting. But it's worded. really, everything I've read is that it's dependent. He can't just opt out and leave unless the Chiefs cut him, basically, so the way or this is, give him the ability to do it. The way it reads is $477 million in guaranteed mechanisms, but... If his mechanisms aren't like exercised, talk. he has the ability to opt out. And I think the mechanisms would be performance-based, right? Uh, they're not performance-based. Okay. They're like roster bonuses. Oh, I see. Okay, cool. So basically, you know, he's not leaving unless he gets cut, basically. Interesting. So it is, you know... Uh, Get paid, son. I, I'm a, I'd be a little skeptical if I was Pat Mahomes. I don't know if I would do this if I was Pat Mahomes. Hmm. Um, you know, I think I might go the... You know, it's one thing to get it locked down, and I appreciate that. Like, he could have made more money if he played the next two years and then got tagged, like Dak, Dak Prescott is mm-hmm. uh, basically doing. But, and I, I do appreciate him saying, like, if we get this signed up, we'll have this will help the Chiefs because we'll have certainty. And, but I, I don't know if I wouldn't have signed, like, here, sign me for a four year deal, and then I'll be, what, 28, and I'll be in my prime, and I'll sign another four year deal. Yeah. And then I'll be 32, and then I'll still be in my prime, and I'll sign another four year deal. Like that's that's what the the great NBA players have basically done. Yeah, even shorter deals. Uh, so, but I got two things. More, for you. So it, it makes me que- it's questionable. But then the other thing mm-hmm. is there is a lot of uncertainty in football and in the world. Sure. And if we go into a depression uh, or you know a, a, a recession, whatever, and the money doesn't come back to pro football, which I think is a very real possibility. Even even if they manage to play this season without fans. You've got to imagine the, the salary cap's going to go down in the short term. And if fans aren't going to come back to pay hundreds of dollars to go sit in the stands in the future, like, the, you know, this is a hedge against long-term uh, decline in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And if he still plays at a, you know, if, if the league bounces back and he's still playing at an MVP caliber, he can go back and renegotiate this deal two or three years from yeah. now. You know, I, I don't see the Chiefs holding him to it right if five quarterbacks are making more money than him and he's still the best player you know so i I think i'm with you though signing that long of a contract with the growth of the league and how things have been trending and how much more money people are making every five years the difference in salary is so significant it's staggering especially at the quarterback position and so from that standpoint i'm i agree with you and like you said he could he has the talent and ability to if he wants to go back to the to the table for negotiations in two or three years and uh, there are other quarterbacks making more money than him, you'd think that the Chiefs would be willing to do that. The thing that I like the most about this contract for from a both parties' perspective is if he's going to be on his rookie contract for the following two years, that means the Chiefs have the ability in the salary cap space to really be aggressive and get supporting staff, supporting caliber players for him for the next couple of years, and they're already on top of their game, obviously. They won the Super Bowl. So, like, this is pretty awesome in terms of uh, the Chiefs organization and the future of the franchise. And, like, once you've got that much success, if you've got the next three years of just total dominance and you're getting really good supporting staff members to, to, to help prop Mahomes up, I mean, you're going to start getting free agents at discounted rates. Like, it starts turning into a Patriot situation where people are kind of using you as a destination. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I think this just is super, super positive, and Bright Future Chiefs is written all over it. 
I love it for the Chiefs. Me too. I love it for the Chiefs, and and we we'll see. We may love it for Pat Mahomes. Uh, four hundred. I'm not worried about Pat Mahomes. Sounds pretty yeah. pretty nice. Yeah, I'm not worried about him. He's got generational fucking wealth, as some someone once said. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Let's move on. Let's uh let's stay in pro football. Let's talk about Deshaun Jackson. Okay, what's going on with Deshaun Jackson? Okay, Deshaun Jackson. Um, I'll read from the ESPN piece. Uh, Deshaun Jackson says he has no hatred towards the Jewish community and issued two separate statements of apology with a promise to do better after he posted on social media Monday an anti-Semitic message that he attributed to Adolf Hitler and admiration for Nation, Nation of Islam leader Louis Farrakhan. Uh, okay, so let's start with Monday. He posted some Instagram stories that... Include, included some posts, uh, uh, some quotes that he attributed to Hitler. So, and which it turns out aren't from Hitler at all. Which is so he was fake uh, quoting Hitler. Yeah, which isn't smart. Okay. Uh, these statements said, "quote Jews will blackmail America. They will extort America. Their plan for world domination won't work if uh, African Americans <laughs> know who they were." And then he said um, Hitler. He quoted it, and then yes, he said like interesting and from Hitler. So, you know, there's an old discussion that no matter what the debate is about, the loser of the debate is always the first person who mentions the Nazis or Hitler. Oh, like, yeah? That's a rule you, of thumb? You know, that's the rule of thumb. If you if you need to defend your point by calling the other person a Nazi or, God for like, in invoking the Nazis, uh-huh. you're, you're losing the argument. If you stoop you're, to that weird. level of scumbaggery, you're out. And anyone who's quoting Hitler saying like oh this is a pretty good idea basically that's basically what deshaun jackson doing look at this doing. revolutionary stuff this guy i i, I didn't ever hear wow, of called man. hitler hitler was hitler was right this is this is man he's a pretty smart guy that hitler mind blown like, there well first of all it's not a hitler quote <laughs> second of all to to pick a hitler to to attribute something to hitler is not very smart like this just shows i'll start by saying deshaun jackson uh, wins the dumbest fucking bozo in the in the world award. I'm gonna today. have to I tell mean, you, uh, this is Captain Obvious statement that you just made. It's it's pretty clear. Quoting Hitler is not in your best interest ever. Period. Never, never, never. And so anyone who would do that is is clearly just a total, absolute mental midget. And we'll we'll start with. Or that. you're just so, totally disconnected. Like you are just so far out there. I think that's. I think it's just like anyone who would do that can't. There's no reason to to listen to anything else I have to say. Okay, that's fair. Like, and of course, of course, in this case, he's dumb enough to like fall for fake news and take a quote that wasn't by Hitler and attribute it to Hitler. Do which we is know even what dumber. Uh, these uh, alleged Jews did to him to make him post Hitler quotes? Well, we'll get to that. Okay, cool. Um, well, I'll tell you one thing: they did. They uh, the Jews. Uh, write his checks because the owner of the team is a Jew, mm-hmm. the general manager is a Jew, mm-hmm. and his uh, his personal agent is a Jew as well. So they're handling his money and writing him checks. So we'll start with that. Uh, the Jewish people that have done terrible things. Did they uh, did they write him a short check? Did he is he not getting paid what he deserves? What is his gripe here? I I don't know. So okay. we'll start with just like. Attributing quoting Hitler makes you a fucking moron. Wait, before like, you jump just... into this, I also want to sta- mm-hmm. uh, make a statement about how he issued his apology. You know how celebrities, when they want to write long form stuff on social media, they just take a screenshot of what they've written in notes on your iPhone. Yes, I think that's kind of yes. silly, but okay, go ahead. 
Well, he did that. He also made a statement uh, where he's wearing a baseball hat and a T-shirt sitting down. Uh, Tell we'll me he the, has uh, a I want to get to stash. the apology. I want to see Deshaun no. Jackson oh, with that a Hitler stash. That would be an all-timer. We'll get to the apology later because okay. I find the apology to actually be worse than the statement. <laughs> okay. The statement itself just shows that this guy is could not be dumber. Like, this is so stupid that you can't fault... I mean, you can fault him for being a moron, but it's like, this isn't a serious person. This isn't a person that... that like, he's so stupid, you couldn't... No rational person is going to see that and go, oh... You know, maybe maybe Deshaun Jackson and Hitler are on to something. Maybe I should listen to the... Maybe Deshaun Jackson is wise and I should listen to the things that he says and maybe the Jews are to blame. Like, nobody's saying that. Because as soon as you quote Hitler, you're outed as being a total fucking moron. So, whatever. He then... Uh, apparently, this, this came in some sort of response to Louis Farrakhan, who had a big 4th of July, like, rally or an online thing that he did. Okay. Um... And so some of this is, uh, uh, Farrakhan is a longstanding uh, anti-Semite with three decades of, uh, of evidence of, of anti-Jewish comments and, and thoughts. Well, they probably like Deshaun's uh, comments. Oh, yeah. Well, Deshaun was basically expressing his admiration for Louis Farrakhan, as did uh, some other athletes. Yikes. I'm not going to get into that. That is a dangerous. So, uh, yeah, that's dangerous. That's a dangerous. I'm not going to go get into the the respect or the admiration for Farrakhan because that's something kind of different. But like, and I don't think that there's a way to show uh, admiration for Louis Farrakhan without uh, and 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 keep his anti-Semitic and anti-gay stuff out of the like, conversation. Out of the conversation because he's built a lot of his brand around those two things. So it's hard to like start by acknowledging that. Although, if you could put that aside and just say, "Okay, he was into Farrakhan, and Farrakhan gave a speech, so he was reacting to that." Uh, yeah. So that's sort of where this starts. And then Jackson posted on Tuesday uh, first, and then the, the Eagles came out and called this um, disappointed. And we reiterated to Deshaun the importance of not only apologizing but using his platform to take action to promote unity, equality, and respect. We're continuing to evaluate the circumstances and we'll take appropriate action. We take this very seriously. Um, Here it is. The NFL Here's released a statement. It's uh, His messages he shared were offensive, harmful, and absolutely appalling. Yes. Okay. The NFL put out a statement that said, highly inappropriate, offensive, and divisive, saying they stand in stark contrast to the NFL's value of respect, equality, and inclusion. Um so he put out a statement, an apology on Instagram saying he didn't really realize this passage was attributed to Hitler and saying he was, here's where the apologies come in. Sorry for any hurt I have caused. Mm. He also posted another apology, which I believe this is the one that where he took a screenshot. Um, let's see if I can pull this one up. Yeah, this is the screenshot where this one looked like his agent might have written this one. Um, mm -hmm. But his first apology was the video and he said, uh, let's see. Oh, God, I wish I could find the first apology because it was just so incredibly bad. The second apology, the screenshot, is clearly one that someone else wrote because he said, I want to apologize to the Jewish community, Jeffrey Laurie, Howie Rose signed, Doug Peterson, the Eagles organization, and our fans for the intense, insensitive and ill-informed post that I shared on my social media. My intention was to uplift, unite, and encourage our culture with positivity and light. That's Unfortunately, insane. that did not happen. 
I unintentionally hurt the Jewish community. Okay, so this was actually, someone wrote this, uh, and they said, I, I will fully educate myself and work with local and national organizations to be more informed. Uh, so this is nice. Here, but here's the a rule of thumb for you, he Micah. Put out, here's a rule of thumb yeah. for you. If, you're, if your intention is to uplift, unite, and encourage our culture with positivity and light, don't quote Hitler. That, that's what yeah. I would say. Yeah, we could start with that before you uh, break down any uh, any you know ethnic groups. Just start by not quoting Hitler. That's a great place to start. It's a good starting point. I wish I. It looks like the CSPN story doesn't have his, the the uh, transcript of his first apology. Mm. It just links to it. But this was it was one of the worst apologies ever. This is the I'm very. I'm very sorry that anyone's upset. I'm ca- I'm sorry for any hurt I've caused. It's one of those instead ifs, of just saying I'm sorry if this hurt your feelings. Yeah, it's like oh, if you were upset, then I'm sorry about that. It's one of those. Yeah, when you when you have a bunch of ifs in your story in your apology, you're just not apologizing, right? Um. Anyway, it, it's uh, so. What's the fallout? Is he lost his job? Is, are they are did they just like socially shame him on social media? Because I saw this, the Eagles issued a statement like a statement that I, we just I through, but. I did hear something that the Eagles um, are checking out ways to get out of his contract. I'm not. He surprised. does have some guaranteed money. There's no way he's ever playing for the Eagles again. You don't think so? Uh, would be my guess, and I don't know if he's ever going to play in the league again. Um, but we will see. I mean, I would imagine. Um, uh, that would be my guess. Uh, Deshaun Jackson's washed. He's thirty-three years old. He's hurt all the time. But Where he did in sign the a three-year, twenty-seven million. From? Like what? What he got cut by the Buccaneers and then signed a three-year, twenty-seven million-dollar deal last year with the Eagles and played great in the first game and then basically got hurt, um, which is basically what Deshaun Jackson does all the time. Um, and apparently, it reads a bunch of trash. Is just a moron. I won't even say reads trash. It's just an absolute moron. Yeah. Um, not good. Not great. Not great. You know. Oh, my God. His 2019 great. stats, nine receptions for 159 yards and two touchdowns. That's not good. Not I good. I think he caught two touchdowns in the first game. Yeah, probably all those came in yeah. game one. Mm-mm-mm. Not great. Yeah, I wish I had. I wish I had the uh, the first apology because it's just so bad. It's like textbook terrible apology. But we don't. I, I mean, I'm not trying. Nobody. Everyone knows that Sean Jackson's a moron. And if it wasn't known now, you or before, it's certainly known now. Uh, I will give Sean Jackson some credit. I think he's won me a fantasy league or two over the years mm-hmm. because he gets hurt during the middle of the season and then he comes back during the playoff weeks of fantasy and scores like three touchdowns and will win you a league. So uh, shout stem for that. But other than that. Uh, Bye bye. Okay. Uh, let's talk. Uh, you want to talk golf or MMA? What's your or preference? college football? I'm happy or with all NASCAR. Of them. Sports. Man, sports. Time sports. Let's let's talk NASCAR. Let's uh, continue to talk about divisive people. I okay. won't say racist. Uh, on Monday, President Donald Trump decided to blast NASCAR driver Bubba Watkins, Wat- Wallace, Bubba Wallace, and NASCAR in general. He also. Uh, uh, you're you're familiar with all of this at this point. Uh, vaguely, tell me some more. I mean, I'm not surprised, but Jesus. Yeah, I'll I'll read from a Dan Wetzel piece here because Dan Wetzel says it better than I could. Uh, Trump also claimed victimhood for Wallace's fellow drivers and friends on the circuit who stood by the sport's lone African American driver after a noose was discovered hanging in his garage 
in Talladega Super Speedway in Alabama. The FBI eventually determined the noose was a bizarre happenstance and not a hate crime, but it rattled the sport and sparked a massive emotionally moving and outpouring unity from race drivers, competitors, fans, and others. Trump apparently didn't like that. He also poked at NASCAR for banning the flying of Confederate flags at its races, making Trump a government official blasting a private company for asserting the freedom to make its own decisions about what its customers can do on its pro- on its properties. And all of this came in just one tweet, because 2020 is the worst. That was me saying, adding parenthetically. Uh, and here's what Wetzel said. Most of it was inaccurate. All of it was designed to inflame and enrage, but hey, it's 2020. I'll read the, the, the quote from the president. Mm-hmm. Has... At Bubba Wallace apologized to all of those great NASCAR drivers and officials who came to his aid, stood by his side, and were willing to sacrifice everything for him, only to find out this whole thing was just another hoax. Hoax in all caps. That and capital F flag decision has caused lowest rating ever. Uh, I'll read from the Wetzel piece here. I'm sorry. This is so good. The grade school punctuation was just an added presidential touch in an effort to make the black guy the culprit and the white guys the victims and towards a rare moment of harmony, friendship, and support and love. Start here. It wasn't a hoax. It wasn't a hate crime, as the FBI later determined, but it wasn't a hoax either. An actual rope that serves as garage door pole was discovered in Wallace's garage stall. It had been tied in the form of a noose. Did you see the photos of this noose, Brad? Uh, I feel like I have, but it was a while ago. What, how yeah, does it look? I, it's, that's what's so crazy about this. That This happened like... Two weeks ago, and that Trump tweeted about it Monday. And, Why is and Trump always picking thing? fights on Twitter, man? He is picking on little girls. He's picking on Bubba Wallace. He's picking on whoever he can. I don't know, man. He's a you know, uh, Bubba Wallace never saw this this noose. Uh, the post you he mean? He was never. Oh, the, the noose one? you said. I thought you said the noose. No, he never saw it. He didn't like report it. Someone else saw it, reported it to NASCAR. Yeah. Then reported it to the FBI. Like he never even saw the thing. He didn't make this up. He had zero to do with any of it. There's no way that Wallace is in on it. It's so crazy that we're blaming him for a hoax that wasn't a hoax. It's just bananas. Trump and must have had like a bad crazy. day and he's just taking it out on him. Uh, there's, I don't know. Uh, we won't get into the It's press. hard to speculate on what he's thinking about when he decides to attack a person on, on Twitter. That's true. Uh, just to be clear, the ratings for these races have been up. They are not the lowest, race, lowest ratings ever. Um, so just every part of the, this tweet is so wrong. But Is he just uh, talking about personal, like... Is that just the Trump's viewership is is down because of this? Like, what is he even using as he his, claimed his that ratings the racing base? ratings were at all all time lows, which is just untrue. Um, <laughs> but we won't get into that. Let's talk about college football. Okay, uh, how are you feeling about college football at the moment, Brad? I don't know, Micah, because I'm, I'm feeling bad. I, uh, I do not feel good about it. I don't know. I have no freaking idea. The only thing that makes me uh, optimistic about it is if if they were to proceed without having fans in, in the stands and the majority of these football players are in such good health and shape that the coronavirus, for the most part, I can't say this like in a sweeping statement, but for the most part, isn't as dangerous of a whatever virus to people who are healthy and have good respiratory systems, that kind of stuff. So from that perspective, I feel like the people who would be playing would be less at risk of, of obviously death or hospitalization. And, and maybe that's, I don't know, something that could help them justify playing. God, I hope they play just for, for I need selfish it so bad. reasons. I, I don't think I can have the fall without football. God, uh, I need it. I, I need, need it so bad. bad. Yeah. Um, I will say this. I, 
the way where I sit, I think the NFL will start playing games. Okay, but I don't think college football is going to happen. Um, the Ivy League d- announced that they are moving football to the spring this season, uh, which may weird. be, which is weird. But I would take it if that that means there's two college football seasons played in 2021. Well, one's the Ivy League college football season. Well, but, I mean, if yeah. all of the other college football moved to the spring, I mm. would take it. At this point, we've got to be cons- like that is a real option. Okay. Uh, I'll read this piece from Dennis Dodd on, on CBSSports.com. Time is no longer on college football side as myriad issues remain for the 2020 season to start as scheduled. Um, from rising case numbers to testing procedures to rescheduling, there is no room for delay. College football's uh, biggest ally throughout the coronavirus pandemic has been time. COVID luckily struck in the off season for football. Spring practice was impacted, sure, but there were still five months until the start of the season. Plenty of time, they said, to figure out testing. Likewise, plenty of time to get players back on campus and consider what a 2020 season would be like. The game stakeholders had time to figure it all out, but that isn't the case anymore. Time? Well, college football is running out of it, at least as it, if it plans to kick off the 2020 season as scheduled. We're 53 days away from week zero, Brad. Holy shit. That's only seven and a half weeks. And that was this was written Monday, so... Uh, I guess that means we're 51 days away. Uh, summer workouts moment, could begin. All, yeah, they're all they've reported. Like I know that the Big 12 and a couple other conferences. There was some news that yeah. broke a couple weeks back. So like they're they're on campus. Are they just not practicing? Like what's happening at the moment? Well, I've got some stuff. Here. Okay, summer cool. workouts could begin for some teams as soon as this week. For those kicking off Labor Day weekend, traditional week one preseason starts in less than a month or about August 7th. Suddenly, time has gone from an ally to an unblocked blitzing linebacker. Just uh, July is likely the month, whether we'll know if there will be some form of a season this fall. Uh, SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey recently uh, said it's probably a late July time period for a decision. Here are some some numbers here. Okay. COVID cases have risen in at least 36 states. Not surprisingly, there continues to be a lack of consensus to willfully adopt mask wearing nationwide. At least six football programs, including last year's championship finalists LSU and Clemson, have shut down workouts due to uh, positive outbreaks. Meanwhile, there is still no uniform testing protocol. Perhaps more concerning, almost half of the 130 FBS schools aren't revealing the numbers of their positive tests. Pac-12 Commissioner Larry Scott said Friday that 2020 season is is a lot more perilous than it was a few weeks ago if the coronavirus isn't slowed. The Ivy League uh, announced its plan uh, to move football to the spring. Division II Morehouse College has canceled its season. At least three Division Three schools have done the same. Four games featuring historically black schools have already been canceled. The FCS Patriot League is making rare exem- uh, exceptions for overnight road trips, which could, in fact, uh, could impact several non-conference games. In fact, two games, including FBS programs, Navy, uh, versus Lafayette and Western Michigan versus Colgate have already been canceled. Uh, you can see where this is trending. Time is suddenly the enemy. Spring football in 2021 is becoming more likely by the minute, but that has problems. Uh, the NFL is rep- reportedly uninterested in accommodating uh, college football by delaying its draft. So I've heard a lot of people say we can't move football to the spring because then the best players will just sit out because they won't want to play and then you know risk injury. You mean I don't the, really... the guys who are going to go into the NFL? Yeah, but mm-hmm. I don't care. Like if that happens, if you lose the top, uh, you know, two percent of 
college football players. Like, I don't care about any of that. I just want to play football. I mean, I care. I prefer for them to play, but yeah. If, but if Trevor Lawrence doesn't play, like, I, I'm still gonna spend my Saturdays watching college football. Like, that's not gonna stop me from watching. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I, I know it's a thing. If like um, twenty starters off Alabama's team don't play, they've got twenty more starters ready to right. step in. No problem. Yeah, Lincoln Riley has, unlike uh, the guy at Oklahoma State, who I won't mention on this podcast, has basically <laughs> been Lincoln Riley has basically been a very reasonable person throughout this, and he says to me, uh, "Spring football is doable." Hmm. Um, Penn State athletic director said last week that it's a last resort, so we'll see what happens. Uh, could you imagine Texas at LSU during Mardi Gras, college game day in the snow, spring football <laughs> during what should be spring practice? I mean, I don't know. I think I'm at a uh, – considering football provides 80% of the revenue for the average FBS budget uh, and considering the other budget crises that are already in play, mm. I think this could be a major deal. They and, could do uh, rivalry week on spring break like throughout the month of March. Yeah, I love it. Count me in. I, I don't know, man. I if, if it means we have a full season in the yeah. now, granted we we don't know what's gonna happen. We don't know if there's gonna be a, a vaccine. We don't know what's gonna happen. But if we hope that things are better by then. You'd um, think that these programs that have had outbreaks, like once that happens, you would think just about the entire roster would be either sick or have been at least exposed to the virus and have we got any sort of feedback about antibodies and like if you've got it you once before, no, like, is there? We don't there's know. no definitive evidence there. It's too new to know what's happening. We also don't know if there's long term, like H- health effects or something. health issues with lo- you know with lung Respiratory lung issues. Stuff. And yeah. I mean, you you know, there is some school of thought that people aren't really saying out loud, but that people might be thinking mm-hmm. <laughs> that oh, you know, if if most of my 18 to 21 year old football players get this, then we'll have herd immunity and they won't get it during the you know if they get it now, it's better than getting it during football season, mm-hmm. which. I mean, maybe we don't know if there's long-term health issues. We also don't know if, you know, and that, and that whole plan really sucks. If statistically, if you've got 70 football players that are positive for this, at least one of them's going to end up in the hospital or two of them are going to end up in the hospital and one of them might die and one of them dies, then you're, you know, even, yeah. even statistically, if it's less than 1%, there's still a chance that somebody dies. And now all of a sudden you've got a whole nother deal. I wonder if there's a statistical model that can predict what the likelihood is that you go through the rest of your life without catching the coronavirus. I, mean, I don't think there's any way to know that right I now. I would imagine it's very low at this point if it's going to be around for a while, obviously. It's like the flu yeah. at this point. But uh, the other thing that kind of came to mind, and this is backed with no scientific evidence or really any sort of uh, scholarship. This is not a smart take. This is just a, a feel. Feels okay, like it. it feels like the college uh, population would be amongst the highest risk right off the bat to have contacted this disease with going to bars and uh-huh like Being living on campus, living sitting on in the classes edge. like they they live living in dorms risky frat behavior. houses like that's just yeah. the, the definition of youth yeah and, and even if they even if they didn't have risky behavior yeah. people sitting in in dormitory you know living in close camps uh fraternity houses uh, obviously that's risky behavior but uh, you know, Tender. going to classrooms and auditoriums. Yeah. Even, even if everyone was a saint, just having all that many people in a small enclosed area would be dangerous. And we know that college kids generally don't make the best decisions. I mean, so you add risky behavior to that and it's, 
You you dump mean, twelve Jaeger bombs on top of that, and you've got yourself a, a serious cocktail. Do kids still drink Jaeger bombs? I doubt it. I don't think so. I don't know that they even serve them anywhere. Because I asked about this recently, and they're like, "Oh, what?" And I was like, a "You Jager don't know bomb? what a Jaeger bomb is?" Wow. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, that was just my quick my quick thought on the college uh, population as a whole. You would think most of them have at least crossed paths with the disease at some point. Uh, I don't know. The, I mean, yeah, if there are coming from all over, the, though, like know, if there are any, antibodies, then I mean, you would think this starts to uh, kind of like peter off for the college teams because if the teams have outbreaks, the majority of the roster gets the coronavirus and then has the antibodies, then you would think you know they're less likely to get a, a recurrence of the the disease or whatever after the fact. So I don't know. Um, lots to think about. Lots to chew on. Please let there be football this fall. Please, please, yeah. please. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll if if we get the NFL in the fall mm-hmm. and we push college football to the spring, I will take it. Yeah, and if like all the good players go to the NFL, Missouri might be able to compete, and that would be cool. Yeah, that might be best. We case. might actually be able to play football again. Let's let's move to golf, man. We're we're going long here. I love it. Uh, it's official, and it's been discussed for a long time. But the Ryder Cup has officially been postponed to 2021. Mm-hmm. This is old news, right? Uh, well, it's uh, official today. Officially okay. official. Gotcha. Um, in golf, we saw Bryson DeChambeau win last week. Yeah. Uh, he is as fucking insufferable as ever before, even though he's big body now. He's uh, a badass. You're, fo- you're crazy. If you're following golf in any way, uh, you, you've seen plenty about Bryson being enormous. He put on 35 or 40 pounds of muscle over the, the quarantine break and is just bombing it. I think He, he looks like th- Fat Bastard on... Uh, from whatever Austin Powers. Yeah, Austin Powers. I think he's averaging three fifty three a drive off the tee. Uh, he's also just swinging as hard as he fucking can. Like I've never seen a golfer like he's falling down after every swing. I've never seen anything like this. Did it you is, see them post his diet, his his like daily? Yeah, intake? he's eating like ten slices of bacon and ten eggs for, for breakfast every and he's morning. Like, and, and then he says snacks, and his snacks are full meals, like of peanut butter and jelly and protein bars and a protein shake, and he's drinking like 13 protein shakes a day. He is so big. He he's looks like Mark McGuire huge. mixed with Fat Bastard is what he looks like. Yes, he's enormous. He's saying the ball a ton. He's the favorite to win the Masters now. Uh, he's also an insufferable prick who <laughs> yelled at a cameraman for, for filming him during the golf tournament the other yeah. day. Yeah, Bryson what a fucking a asshole. And, uh, yeah. Through a total fit. He, uh, he, he talked to the cameraman. He's like, hey, man, you're hurting my brand. What a uh, jackass. <laughs> uh, it's probably good for golf, though, if the sport has a villain like this guy. Because he See, is so easy to I don't think he hate. rubs the uh, major golf community the wrong way. I, oh, you're, I, I you're find so him wrong. Even the players hate that guy. Well, you're the, the players only one who do likes hate him because he's a nerd. But yeah, he plays slower than anyone on tour. He he's so proud of himself. He he believes in this like physics of golf thing. He's just so much holier than thou. Like this guy is just an all time prick. <laughs> he hit a drive and last week that carried three hundred and fifty yards it's, in the it's air. Bananas. It's like long drive distance like competition type of stuff. Yeah, that's here. what he looks like. I, I've it never does. seen like just watch him this week. I've never seen somebody who looks like they're on the long drive tour. Like the way that he's just swinging as hard as he possibly can and like falling down. The funny like, outcome of it all is that now he has like a bunch of 30, 40, 50 yard wedge shots in for his approach. And it's like a struggle because he's this monster standing over like a little stick that's supposed to be about touch. And now he's just like trying to like 
wedge it up there, and it's been difficult for him to find his touch and like uh, his depth control. So they're yeah, he's not kind playing of any irons basically. Things. It's yeah. just driver wedge, <laughs> even on par fives. It's crazy. Um, all right. Well, let's. Uh, oh, let's one move more thing on about something. the uh, Ryder oh, Cup. One of the conversations that we didn't talk about is that they obviously there's not going to be crowds involved in this whole thing, and that was what the players' biggest objection was. Is really the funnest part about the Ryder Cup is the insane uh, yeah. crowds. And so if you can't have that, you need to just reschedule it. And I think that's why they pushed it a year. Or whenever they pushed it to. Terrific. Mm-hmm. Let's go on to something very exciting. Okay. Cage fighting this weekend. Fight Island, live from Abu Dhabi. Jorge Masvidal versus uh, Usman. This is the fight we've all been waiting for. We didn't think it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Usman's opponent fell out on... I think it was Friday night, and Masvidal had signed a contract by Saturday, taken a test, and gotten on a plane. Yesterday, he posted a, a photo of him in a private jet uh, stopping in uh, Italy so he could eat pizza <laughs> and then eating pizza. He still has to like cut like 25 pounds, uh, but he is now quarantined, and this fight is actually going to happen. Nobody thought this would happen. They've been talking trash to each other. They've almost fought each other in public several times. <clears throat> uh, this is going to be amazing. This yeah. is a must watch. I uh, you know? I was watching the decision, whatever that that documentary was on ESPN last night, and a commercial came on for Fight Island, and it was the most dramatic, ridiculous thing I've ever seen with crazy music and talking about the island and all the stuff. This should be pretty fun. Yeah, uh, Masvidal has been <clears throat> has spent the last few months just basically talking shit on the UFC and saying how they won't pay him and all these stuff, and then they call him on Friday and he's like, "All right, I'm in." Apparently, he signed a new multi-deal, uh, multi-fight deal ahead of this fight. So Dana opened the bag. You have to give the UFC so much credit. No Why? other sport is doing what they're doing. They basically they shut down for like two months during the, the pandemic, and then they've been having fights nonstop, including this one in Fight Island. They're, they're, and the safety procedures they're going through are unbelievable. Like even mm. for the journalists covering this fight— they have to get tested be- two days before they go. Then they have to, to fly there. Then uh, before like they land, they get tested. Then they, have, they must quarantine in their hotel room for 48 hours. Uh, food is brought into them. You can't leave your hotel room. And then you get tested again, and then you can like go, and every area is secure. Uh, you get tested again at the end before, and if you fail, then you have to quarantine before you fly home. It's just mm. like they're... I'm sure it's costing money, but they are actually doing it. And it's, it's the only really... way you can do it effectively. Like if you have yes. all of these measures, all of these checkpoints, all of these uh, things in place to double check, triple check, quadruple check, and then be safe about once exposure occurs, then you've got this system of processes in place as well. And that's the only way you can combat this thing with any accurate or with any, you know, high rate of success. So shouts to them. But, you know, I mean, when this first started, I said how absolutely reckless and irresponsible yeah. it is for the UFC to be doing this. But they have done it, and they've gone the extra step, and they deserve a lot of credit so uh, where are they making this happen. So where are they showing the fight? Is it pay-per-view? Yeah, it's pay-per-view. Do you want to come over and watch it? I, we'll talk about this later. Oh, he's scared. Okay. Uh, yeah, don't get me started. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I will be watching this fight. Well, I might have it in my backyard if you. It's also a great card. There's a lot of stuff. Uh, I think this week, here's a cheap plug. I think we're we're talking about doing a little combat sports minute with Dave Ruff 
and uh, Dan Register over uh, with our friends at Wash Media. I will let you know if that ends up happening this week. Uh, but this is a big one. If not, we'll be talking about it next week. So I would encourage you, you know, there's always three or four fights each year that, that you got to go out of your way to watch, and this is one of them. Um, the the trash talk, the the entertainment value is going to be at an all-time high. I would Do also like... Do you enjoy like, watching these by yourself? Uh, this not is a as social much, viewership but, thing for me. Like, I can't sit down and watch it by myself. It's just not that much fun. Yeah, it's, it's only fun if I can fun. scream about it with you. Well, maybe we can get on, like, a three-way, like, group chat, mm. just... FaceTime. It won't be as much fun. We'll spend too you much time. You should get a hazmat suit and come over. No, that's that might be cheaper. Mm. Uh I like Usman, by the way, to win this fight. Okay. Uh, Masvidal does a lot of talking uh and has been on a real roll. He was the fighter of the year in twenty nineteen. I just think Usman is another level. He's a beast. Uh, so there's my prediction. And uh should be uh should be a great round of fights. And it'll be fun to see them on Fight Island. They're basically like building an arena. Um despite what you see on social media. They also built a cage out on the beach. Okay. So that's like where they're like hyping the fight. And I don't know if they're doing weigh-ins there. They're going to shoot stuff. So it looks like they're actually on, on an island. But they're basically like in a in an arena in Abu Dhabi. That's pretty tight. Um, yeah. which no it, And these fights with no one there have been fun because you can hear the corners. You get to uh, have a real feel for what's going on. All right. You got anything else you want to talk about, Brad? Mm, did you watch the decision? I did watch the decision documentary. Do you got a quick, quick takeaway, quick, uh, quick hit for that? I, I can't believe Bill Simmons is intertwined in this. <laughs> that yeah, was the that. most shocking part to me. Where it was like um, his idea to begin with, and then it fell apart, and then it en- ended up going through through ESPN like different channels. And, and then as soon about? as it, yeah, and then as soon as it happened, Bill Simmons said like it was a disaster and they should have never done it, and how embarrassing it was. Like yeah. it's so weird his position on it and then he refused to cooperate in the in the documentary um, yeah. his stance is I, that he he thought he was going back to cleveland so that's why he thought it was a good idea but the day the minute he decided to go to miami then it became a bad idea that was i think essentially what bill simmons statement was after the fact yeah but really what it looks yeah. like is he's just being petty because his idea got picked up and ran with uh that is and what then it looks was like a shitty looking deal the one thing I came away with that that I haven't really thought that hard about before with all this, you know, the Jordan doc came out first, now the LeBron doc, and kind of comparing the two careers, and obviously Jordan's is unassailably better, but the one thing that did stick out to me and that I haven't really thought about when comparing the two is that 2016 ca- uh, championship they won in Cleveland where they beat the Golden State Warriors who won 73 games or whatever and were essentially the best team of all time. That is an incredible feat, man. Like, that is, I think, mm-hmm. the most incredible feat in NBA Finals history. And, I mean, it was him. To win like, game seven on the road, too. I mean, it's unbelievable. So, I don't know. That's the one argument that I think uh, holds weight when comparing uh, LeBron versus Jordan's career. But, you know, it's hard to argue with six rings, man. Yeah, my other takeaway from this is that the decision itself probably wasn't a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but that it was executed so poorly. They're, they yeah. talked about how LeBron and Maverick had no experience. Be quite oh, Charlie. Uh, had no experience producing television, and like it showed. And Jim Gray, like what 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 were they doing? It was so, so the first awful time, the fingernail biting comments and, and stuff. They, you know, but they ended up making money, and they they shoot they use some some influence to to make money for uh, boys and girls clubs, and like they show it was real flex to get an mm-hmm. hour of primetime television. Yeah. But then when they when LeBron comes back to Cleveland, they realized like 
oh, we should have had professionals do this. So when he comes back to Cleveland, he has uh, the guy from Sports Illustrated, Lee Jenkins, write the I'm Coming Home piece. Yeah, the Rih- isn't that Rihanna song, all that bull crap that went along with it? We, yeah, but he, he put out the thing where he was wearing the, wearing the ring and saying I'm coming home. And yeah. like they realized like we should have a professional script this. Like we'll 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 get with Lee Jenkins and we'll get the best. We'll explain exactly why we're doing it and we'll do it that way. We don't have to to have am, this can't be amateur hour again. And I wonder then the if that's third what time, LeBron on the the movie production career path that he's started to kind of go down. Well, yeah, I think it has. I mean, I think they've realized that like we've got to hire we you know they're doing all this production stuff, but like LeBron isn't an executive producer on most of these projects. Right. They found the right people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they wield their power. And then the third time when he went to the Lakers, they put out a statement from Clutch Sports, and it said Clutch Sports in like 50-point font, and then the <laughs> statement in like 10-point font that said, you know, LeBron James is going to the Lakers, and he's going to get a full contract, a maximum deal, and he thanks the people of Cleveland. Like, it went from, hey, man, we got a lot of power. Let's use this power, but we don't really know what we're doing to – Okay, we got to get our message out perfectly. Let's get our message out perfectly. Yeah. To the third time, like, all right, let's let's use let's show that we're the messenger. So I thought that was like the interesting takeaway in the, retrospect. The evolution but, of his PR release. Yeah, the decision was really, it's really an amazing thing. Yeah, that we'll be talking one, about for decades. I'm sure. The one last takeaway I had was it, when you watch it in that condensed of a time period, and you watch the letter Dan Gilbert releases and the people burning his jerseys and all these people attacking him on social media, and then like ten minutes later he's going back to Cleveland. It really like it makes you be like, damn, how the hell did he go back to Cleveland after all that shit? But I mean, it was like a, what was it three? Well, how many years was he in Miami? Four, something like that. Four. So I mean, there was plenty of time for that to subside and for hurt feelings to go away. But God damn, I can't believe he went back and played for Dan Gilbert after that shit he said. It is so, amazing. That and was you wild. can also see why he didn't hesitate to leave again. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Brad. Damn, we've That's gone it, almost man. an hour. That's what, a, what an episode. You you called your shot, man. You said this was going to be the one. I told you. I told you it's perhaps the best episode we've ever done. Uh, nice. Let's try and get another one this week, or at least okay. uh, react to this fight on, on Sunday, and I'll talk to you about uh, my plan for the cage fight uh, at another time. Excellent. All right. Hit the exit music. Let's get out of here. Call that hotline, 800-392-6344, 800-392-6344. Until next time, check out Mind of Micah, and mm, bye-bye. Thanks for listening.